Welcome to Interesting Times. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent listener-supported podcast. To support the show, go to interestingtimespodcast.com. Last week, the Whig Party dissolved, and something needed to fill that vacuum as the American two-party system broke down. In the last episode, I talked about how various private political clubs and organizations formed around anti-immigrant and anti-Catholic bigotry that had always been a pretty big factor in American life. These clubs and organizations, they were in places like New York, they were in places like Massachusetts, and members of them came to be known as the Know-Nothings. They began to form a sort of incipient grassroots political party. In this episode, they will be a proper political party. This episode is all about the rise and fall of the Know-Nothings as a national organization. The 1854 midterm elections, they were something of a coming-out party for the Know-Nothings. In that election, there were 82 races for the House of Representatives, and the Know-Nothings ran candidates in 76 of them. 35 of those 76 Know-Nothing candidates won. And I want to clarify here that at this point the Know-Nothings are not yet a cohesive national political body. They are working out of a bunch of local fraternal organizations and clubs, like the Order of the Star-Spangled Banner, which I mentioned last episode. But again, because of the dissolution of the two-party system and the fall of the Whigs, what we're seeing here is grassroots effort to form new political parties. In the meantime, the Republican Party is also forming around opposition to slavery. But the know-nothings, they are tapping into people's fears about religion, about foreigners, and people's anxieties about nationalism. And these various loosely organized know-nothing candidates, they were able to see a fair amount of electoral success in 1854. Now, they didn't have a majority in the House of Representatives, but 35 seats out of 82 is nothing to scoff at. That's a force to be reckoned with if you want to pass any kind of legislation. And the know-nothings, they were able to leverage their numbers enough that they even got one of their own elected Speaker of the House, Nathaniel Banks, a former Democrat from Massachusetts, who rode this rising tide of anti-immigrant hostility and rode it right into the Speaker's chair. And that's just on the federal level. There's also state and local governments. There were know-nothing mayors, there were know-nothing state legislatures and city councils, and these know-nothings they got to work in their various districts. They ended up passing local ordinances and local laws, say, banning immigrants from doing certain things or having certain jobs. The Know-Nothings did occasionally talk about things besides immigrants and Catholics. They also emphasized issues like getting tough on crime, like being the law and order party, like exerting tighter control on vices like alcohol, Uh, Closing saloons on Sunday was, apparently, a talking point that could win over a few people in the 1850s, as was shutting down bordellos. So, if you are a fan of the idea of some kind of Old West saloon where you have a piano guy and some dudes playing poker and some, you know, guys at the bar and there are some, you know, nice ladies in elaborate dresses upstairs who can, you know, show you a good time, well, too bad. The know-nothings... They were anti-that. And while most of the know-nothing mania concerned Catholic European immigrants from places like Ireland and Germany, make no mistake, they disliked plenty of other people as well. 
Uh, in California, the chapter of Know Nothings There, they campaigned against Chinese immigration. And they made it so that Chinese couldn't get certain jobs, and also so that Asian immigrants couldn't testify in court against white people. So, the Know Nothings are now doing real material damage to people in the United States who are not white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, and it gets worse. Because all of this anti-immigrant sentiment and politicking also led to violence. Most notably, in 1855, in an incident known as Bloody Monday, a mob of Protestants in Louisville, Kentucky, attacked a Catholic neighborhood and killed 22 people. Many others were also injured. There was also extensive property damage. This anti-immigrant xenophobic rhetoric espoused by the know-nothings, it was not just rhetoric. They were changing laws, they were materially making people's lives worse, and people died. There was one politician who didn't get caught up in the big know-nothing wave, and that was an up-and-coming fellow named Abraham Lincoln. He didn't like the know-nothings at all, and here's what Lincoln had to say about them in an 1855 letter. Quote, I am not a know-nothing. That is certain. How could I be? How can anyone who abhors the oppression of Negroes be in favor of degrading classes of white people? Our progress in degeneracy appears to me to be pretty rapid. As a nation, we begin by declaring that all men are created equal. We now practically read it, all men are created equal except Negroes. When the know-nothings get control, it will read, all men are created equal except Negroes and foreigners and Catholics. When it comes to this, I should prefer emigrating to some country where they make no pretense of loving liberty. To Russia, for instance, where despotism can be taken pure and without the base ally of hypocrisy. Unquote. Oh man. That is Abraham Lincoln right there, complaining about the eternal disjunction between the avowed values of the United States and in the actual real politics of exclusion that seem to be eternally popular. He is complaining about the United States, as it often does, not living up to the values that it ostensibly espouses. And he's talking about maybe moving to a foreign country if the opposition wins. Oh, in 1856, the know-nothings, they were ready for the big prize. They had members of the House. They had the Speaker of the House. They had mayors and state legislatures and city councils. Now it was time to go for the presidency. Emboldened by all of their success that they had in 1854, they formed a more coherent party, a national party, called the American Party, and they got ready to take their message of xenophobic moral panic to the big time. I'm going to read you a document that is often represented as the Know Nothing platform, but we don't know if this was actually a formal platform that was passed at their 1856 convention. It might have just been a general statement of principles, but what it is is a pretty good list of what they were all about in 1856, what they were running on. It reads, quote, 1. Repeal all naturalization laws. 2. None but Americans for office. 3. A pure American common school system. 4. War to the hilt on political Romanism, that is, Roman Catholicism. 5. Opposition to the formation of military companies composed of foreigners. 6. 
the advocacy of a sound, healthy, and safe nationality. Nationality is capitalized, and it's basically saying, we want to keep America pure. 7. Hostility to all papal influences when brought to bear against the Republic. 8. American constitutions and American sentiments. 9. More stringent and effective immigration laws. 10. The amplest protection to Protestant interests. So, that kind of flies directly in the face of the First Amendment. 11. The doctrines of the revered Washington. I don't know what they mean by that. 12. Descending back of all foreign paupers. 13. The formation of societies to protect American interests. 14. Eternal enmity to all those who attempt to carry out the principles of a foreign church or state. 15. Our country, our whole country, and nothing but our country. 16. Finally, American laws and American legislation and death to all foreign influences, whether in high places or low. Unquote. That's chilling. That is not just saying that I love my country, but that is actually implicitly looking at anything that is ever so slightly different from you, seeing it as a threat, and wanting to root it out. So I don't think it is accurate to call the Know-Nothings a fascist party. But I do think that you do see kind of a rough draft of that fairly hateful, nationalistic, exclusionary ideology that is more concerned with earth and blood rather than ideals worked into the Know-Nothing platform. But to get all of these ideals into place, the Know-Nothings, they looked to a man who had already held the highest office in the land. Somebody who would have national name recognition. Somebody who could be president because he'd already done it before. Millard Fillmore. At their 1856 convention, the Know-Nothings nominated Millard Fillmore for the presidency. And Fillmore was, frankly, sort of a weird choice for the Know-Nothings. They were a party of extreme and sometimes violent ideology. And that was an extreme and violent ideology that Fillmore didn't really share. As president, Fillmore had attempted to satisfy both sides of the slavery debate. For instance, he got California admitted to the Union as a free state. He signed legislation banning the slave trade, though not slavery, in Washington, D.C. He also, though, enraged abolitionists by signing the Fugitive Slave Act. He tried to satisfy both sides of the slavery issue. And he did it really badly. His attempt to do that ended up destroying his political party, the Whigs. Politics, yes, it's the art of compromise. But Fillmore didn't have the greatest track record of it as president. If your compromises are interpreted as dithering and don't actually solve problems, and in fact lead to the breakup of your own political organization, you're a bad compromiser. And this is the guy that the know-nothings put at the top of the ticket. And as the know-nothing nominee, Fillmore, he tried to do all this dithering again. Fillmore tried to play down all of the anti-immigration stuff. And he did this for probably some very real personal reasons. Members of his family were Catholic. He himself had actually donated to the construction of Catholic churches. But again, he gets nominated because he's got that national name recognition and he's been president before, albeit accidentally. 
Fillmore liked to talk about things like national unity. Fillmore tried to co-opt a know-nothing party. He wanted a party that was not just the Democrats pro-slavery in the South, the Republicans anti-slavery in the North. He wanted a party that would be popular in both the North and South and not be troubled by tiny little things like, you know, slavery. But here's the thing. The know-nothings were a one-issue party, pretty much, and Fillmore was ignoring their issue. And being a one-issue party, by the way, is a recipe for failure. When people aren't talking about your issue, you just look sort of irrelevant. And Fillmore, their ostensible standard-bearer, he wasn't helping their cause because, instead of leading the angry mob of xenophobes, he was trying to make them into a respectable party. But they were a party all about immigrants. It was immigrant this, immigrant that, the rising tide of foreign influence, popery, and un-American activities supposedly washing up on the shores of the United States, and, and a lot fewer people cared about that in 1856. The election of 1856 was all about slavery, specifically the expansion of slavery into new states and territories. You know, slavery, probably the single biggest issue in American politics ever, America's original sin, the forced labor and dehumanization of millions of people, the cause of the Civil War, that, that is what the election of 1856 was about. But meanwhile, the know-nothings were ignoring probably the single biggest thing that the United States of America has ever grappled with, and they were spouting conspiracy theories about immigrants. And their candidate, Millard Fillmore, and he was trying to make some kind of bland national unity while also completely ignoring slavery. The U.S. electorate handed to know-nothings a pretty solid defeat in 1856. Millard Fillmore got only eight electoral votes from Maryland. What's up with that, Maryland? Meanwhile, Republican from California, John C. Fremont, he got 114 electoral votes. And Democrat James Buchanan, by the way, probably our first gay president, but that's a story for another time, he won with 174. In the years following, the U.S. would dissolve into civil war, and next to issues like slavery, secession, disunion, and deaths of hundreds of thousands, the know-nothings, they just began to look like tinfoil hat xenophobes, which they were. They slid into irrelevancy after the election of 1856. So Millard Fillmore, you directly contributed to the destruction of two American political parties— you signed the Fugitive Slave Act that led to the imprisonment of thousands of people seeking freedom. You got nominated by the know-nothings and tried to put a respectable face on anti-immigrant bigotry and mania, and you didn't even do it well. You suck, Millard Fillmore. You are one of the worst presidents of all time. You're down there with Nixon. No, I take that back. At least Nixon was interesting and gave us the EPA. You're just a big dead failure, Millard Fillmore, and I hope that generations of Americans laugh at your stupid face. The issue of slavery and the Civil War buried the know-nothings, but obviously anti-immigrant sentiment persisted long after that. In the 20th century, anti-immigrant and anti-Catholic sentiment even existed into the 60s, when John F. Kennedy was elected. There was not any serious consideration that a Catholic man couldn't be president, but that was still there. That was still in the air even then. But nowadays, the ridiculously named know-nothings, they seem, well, ridiculous. Their positions, their writings, and their ideas, 
seem to have all of the intellectual value of a collection of YouTube comments, and we can laugh at them. Because nowadays, none of this would happen, right? An established political party falling into disunion because they nominate somebody woefully unprepared for the job? Ridiculous, right? Prejudice and suspicion about people from foreign countries who practice a different religion? That couldn't happen now, right? Nativism, xenophobia, demagoguery, conspiracy theories? We're past that, right? Couldn't see that now, right? 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 